Welcome to the Ruchi Strengthcast. Dan and Paul are the owners of one of the largest powerlifting gyms in the world, Ruchi's Gym, and are experienced powerlifting coaches. Join them as they discuss and debate all things powerlifting and strength training with some fun stuff thrown in. For more information, visit ruchisgym.com. How's it going, Paulie? Good morning, Dan. Guys, welcome to episode five of the Ruchi Strengthcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we released the last one. Just had a lot going on. And also, I was sick there for a day. Yeah. Um, but look, episode five, we're going to be talking about our coaching philosophy. This should be a good one. Lots of good things to talk about. Yeah, look, one. there's plenty to talk about. Yeah. Um, Possibly so spread it over two podcasts. You could. And there are certainly aspects of coaching that we may cover in separate podcasts. Yeah, a bit more detail. But today we kind of wanted to talk about where we come from as powerlifting coaches in terms of our philosophies, our belief systems and values, uh, and talk a little bit about how we deal with our lifters. Um, and and maybe for those of you who haven't worked with Paul or I, how it might look, for example, if you were to come on board, how we would um, indoctrinate you into our coaching model, um, and then sort of get, a, get give you sort of an idea of how we operate as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, if it suits you, get in touch. We, Paul and I at the moment work with sort of o- about over 100 lifters. It's, yep. I think it's over 100 lifters at it the is, moment, yep. ranging from complete beginners um, even some rehab work there all the way to some elite lifters. The majority of those clients do sit somewhere in the middle of that, right? Yeah, and, um, al- and also it's fair to say that not all the clients um, currently compete in powerlifting. Correct. Um, a lot just um, come to us for the personal development with their strength goals and their fitness goals. Um, but we obviously do run, you know, it's, strength, it's basically strength training that we, we use to progress them. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, like Paul said, yeah, look, if I was to guesstimate, um, you know, definitely more than half of our clients actually compete in powerlifting. Um, And, you know, there's a small portion or rehab. And like you said, people who are just getting into strength training or finding their way into the gym, hopefully they will eventually, um, you know, take the plunge. Yeah. Enter a novice comp. I mean, heaps of my clients who started with me said, like, initially they're not, they don't want to do a, a competition, but maybe in the future it's something they might would like to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've had clients who said they're not really that interested in powerlifting. They're not for a bit of training they and a bit it. of work. <laughs> we get them in a comp and they fall in love. Yeah. They get the bug, so to speak, and yeah. then they move, hopefully move on to bigger and better things. Look, I think one of the reasons. Uh, people may come and see us is because they they eventually at least feel they may be interested in in dabbling yeah you know well they want to get stronger that's for sure uh, that's for sure yeah you know with any sort of coaching people come to you with a p- specific pain point you know yep. an area they need to focus on whether it's strength whether it's body composition some people even come because they realize it's good for their mental health Absolutely. You know, so there's a plethora of reasons why people come in and seek help. Honestly, I think the biggest reason um, that I get is people just want to be better technical lifters. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that it's, that's a very good thing because if you focus on the technical aspects of the lift, if you focus on the quality, then the quantity comes. The weight on the bar just comes if you focus Correct. on the quality. Of the we're going to we're gonna get to that in a minute, Paul. Sorry. That's sort of <laughs> heading into our sort of philosophy and our beliefs and values. Um, initially, what I wanted to just bring up was that um, on top of being powerlifting coaches, Paul and I do actually wear a fair few hats. Um, the biggest one obviously being uh, the owners, proprietors, directors or whatever you Paul calls himself the chief uh, executive officer. I don't think that's true. He's more the chief financial. <laughs> I take more on the CEO role. But look, at the end of the day, we, we both are gym owners. Uh, and so a large portion of our time is definitely spent 
running a gym which yeah, is of course, yeah. you know there's a lot of people out there that might think that is an easy task but it is quite in depth you know um, we sometimes have to do all the mundane jobs like the emptying bins cleaning dishes cleaning toilets exactly. Um, exactly. it's not all uh, it's not all Hollywood so to speak we do some of the mundane jobs as well so gym owners and also we're sport promoters so we promote the sport of powerlifting we run APU meets we run GPC meets we promote the sport through grassroots competitions like novice competitions yep. so a big big part of our time is also spent um, promoting the sport how many people do we have competing at GPC nationals this year like well, 22? Th- this is an excellent, um, good question, Paulie. And we're actually going to be do- do- doing a, an episode in a couple of days, perhaps on Saturday, where we're going to cover the team, the not only team. from WA, but spe- and, and more specifically the team that, we're rep- that we'll be representing, Roach's Gym at GPC Nats this year. There's 20 from Roach's Gym uh, confirmed in the team and 30 in WA. I so think there's even some coaching clients that yes, aren't technically sorry. So gym members. Correct. There's 20 yeah. Rooster Gym actual members and a lot of which Paul and I coach. Um, and there's also a few outside of Rooster's Gym. Yep. Um, we even have Ingrid from uh, yeah. Melbourne, for example. Owen Rice, Owen Rice Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie. But look, we're, that's going to be covered in a separate podcast, yeah, Paulie. So... Um, Look out for that one coming later this week as well. So the Nats team, but today obviously our coaching philosophy. So yeah, like I said, we wear many hats, don't we, Paul? Many, many hats. Uh, and sometimes it feels like we are spread a little bit thin, but we always manage to get the job done, yeah? We do. To the, you know, we definitely spread thin. <laughs> we do. There's no doubt about that. I mean, sometimes Paul and I, we look, you know, we look back on some of the weeks. You know, there's some weeks where we're doing 80 to 100 hours a week. Um, you know, so it can get pretty hectic, but we always make sure that um, our, all of our clients are looked after, of and that we're meeting the you know, the service level that is promised to them, so, which is an important part. Again, also it would come under one of our philosophies yeah. as well. Um, so, look, I guess the question really to start with is, what exactly is coaching? Um, you know, everyone out there seems to call themselves a coach. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You know, so. Look, coaching really is um, a mechanism that provides support, guidance, direction, knowledge, and really the tools a person needs to go in the direction they want to go, whether that be powerlifting or body composition goals. Um, and the big, big part of that for me is that it's an ongoing relationship. It's not an ad hoc approach. It's not short term either, no. It, it's definitely a long term approach to development of a lifter, which is really one of our philosophies. Absolutely. We're definitely not um, the kind of coach to throw. Um, you know, ridiculous amounts of load at you. Hopefully, you get a quick um, boost in strength, and we look amazing, right? That's and, then, de- and then you just drop off. Yeah, that's that's definitely not our approach. Um, so that's really what co- we feel coaching is. You know, so um, in saying that, it sort of leads on to, I guess, uh, Paulie, what our philosophy is as coaches, mm-hmm. and you and I obviously share the same coaching philosophy beliefs and values yep um really to underline everything is really underlined um by the fact that our coaching philosophy is all about the long-term approach to development of a lifter and what that means is building a very very thorough broad solid technical base yep which will then help facilitate long-term growth you hit the nail on the head all right that's a very, very simple one-liner. There are obviously many things that we would do as part of the coaching process to ensure that happens. Yep. Um, but that's really what it's all about. Paul and I are quite big on the technical aspect of the lifts. Absolutely. Uh, we spend a lot of time up front developing um, absolutely. You know, technical mastery and you know, making sure that someone can move correctly and perform the lifts correctly. I mean, yes. You, I mean, mm. just 
being able to move correctly is the start. Correct. Because yeah. sometimes Paul and I work with clients as well that just have an inability to move or inhibition to move. So sometimes it can just be about getting them moving correctly. Yeah, exactly right. Before we even get onto the real technical even, nature. Even before you get onto a, into, onto a bar. That's right. Sometimes, yeah. well, some clients that we've worked with, I haven't, they can't start with a bar. Yeah, you start and then progress them. Exactly. Yeah. So we work with them, get them moving correctly, and then progress them to a bar. Um, I've got a perfect example of this one as well. Um, Christine Huggett, one of my clients, um, when I first started working with her, had some severe uh, movement issues, ankle-related stuff. Uh, it took us a year to get her to a bar, uh, wow. and, re- and sh- you know she's competed since then with a bar, and now her squat looks. Wow, that's. Awesome. I can't actually cannot believe how good her squat looks that's, now. That's mint. Yeah. Um, that's just as an example off the top of my head um, of a of a good result that I've had with sort of yeah. a rehabilitation movement-related issue, and then yep. progressing that through to a, a bar, and then onto yep. the platform which is really cool. And like, we've seen that with a lot of lifters, right? Um, where they have issues, you know, help them yeah, get no, through. Return, return, to, um, yeah. return to performance is a big, big, one of the big things that we do do. Yeah, return to sport, um, obviously yeah. in terms of powerlifting. Yep. Um, but yeah, the, our, our real beliefs and values are really um, focused on um, looking after people. So we do have some values here as well as part of our core value yep. set here at Rooch's Gym. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go rattle through them. them. Off there, Dan. I'll rattle, rattle these off because they do relate to also our coaching of values, yep. right? The first one is um, do what you say and say what you do, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, it's kind of being true to your word. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Absolutely. You know, and we do obviously do the very best we can with that. If we say we're going to work on the technical nature of someone's lifting, guess what? That's what we're going to be doing. That's exactly what we're yep. going to be doing. All right. That way, no one knows. No, there's no unexpected, you know, turns. People know exactly what they're getting, um, and everyone hopefully enjoys the process. Yep. You know? The second one: uh, be professional in your approach. So something that Paul and I have definitely noticed over the years is that some people just don't take the coaching process that seriously or professionally. We are offering what we feel is a professional service so we do like to approach our coaching model in that fashion absolutely and we're always improving that as well you know like earlier this year we've we've vastly improved the delivery of yes our, of our coaching program indeed um, you know we've gone online for example and that's really opened the doors in terms of much better thorough communications the ability to help people um, you know provide feedback and so on has just been unbelievable um, and just the delivery of the programs and the planning itself has just been smooth sailing and you know, concrete in that in that regard oh look yeah. the the move and what Paul's referring to is earlier in the year we moved all of our program delivery to true coach which is an online yes. tool yep. um, no, we used to use spreadsheets yeah obviously we have used yep. spreadsheets and stuff which you know Paul and I sort of developed our own spreadsheet sort of yeah. framework that was crazy um, look a little bit cumbersome yep yeah. um, emailing people spreadsheets waiting for waiting, emails to come back correct now we by using the online well by using true coach for our delivery tool it's made it so much more efficient yep um and we're able to spend more quality time working exactly. with people uh, rather than waiting for spreadsheets and, exactly. and the like you know, you know so you, you can review sessions if you have the time obviously as they as people finish them off rather than yeah. having to wait for someone to fill in a spreadsheet yep. send the spreadsheet back um, and then you have all these issues with spreadsheets. People, you know, people find them hard to use sometimes. Some people don't have Excel. They Same edit Excel, them on a tablet. Yeah, it exactly. screws the sh- spreadsheet up. Oh, my God. Yep. So um, yep. we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well when we go through some of the packages that we offer. 
um, if anyone's interested. But yeah, you know, being professional is a really, really big, big yep. part of what Paul and I um, sort of one of our values. Uh, and I think that's a really important thing because people are paying good money. Absolutely. And they do deserve a professional approach to their training and their coaching, their mentoring. Yeah. I mean, I, I always try and go, you know, sort of above and beyond. You know, as an example, of course. that would be like, you know, sort of during a competition prep, I always make time available for my athletes, especially the ones I'm, I'm rapping or more yep. so the people that I'm rapping. I make myself available a few times a week and I have, you know, as many of them turn up to the rapping session as possible. And, that, you know, that's no extra charge for that. I do that yep. for free. Um, but I love doing it. And I, I feel that I'm a much better coach for doing that as well. Uh, you know, I'm there I'm, while my athletes are training. I'm not 100% relying on videos, for example. If I am rapping people in competition, I get to practice the rap. We get to perfect the rap for that person as well, the timing and so on. So I think it's really important yeah. um, to, be, to sort of be as hands-on as you can be. Yeah, you've done a really good job there in uh, making yourself available. Something I haven't um, been able to spend that much time over the last year, obviously because I have other responsibilities as well. Yep. But um, this prep coming up for Nats, I am making myself available yeah, Monday. Nights. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I think I'm doing a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yeah. So look, yep. obviously, Paul and I want to work with our lifters as closely as possible, provide the best yep. support and level of service we can, uh, because their results is what matters the most. And hundred percent. You know. In fact, we have a really good um, results reporting system. Yes. May, maybe we'll um, talk about it in another podcast. Yeah. So Paul <laughs> and I have some really good data on all of our clients. Um, which we actually go through quite thoroughly in the advanced yeah, powerlifting course, course that we run. Yep. Um, that could be a topic for a different... It um, might be. It's, there's some quite interesting data in there. There is especially some really good data on attempt selection yep. and some really good data to back that up based on our own clients' Correct. results and also compared to... Um, other competitions, or the full pool as well, yeah. the full pool of lifters. Also, there's really good information there about um, you know sort of people who medal, sort of what the attempt selection strategy may have been. Um, yes. And, so you know things like that are really interesting. Correct. Yeah, we have some really good stuff there. Um, so it's that's like when you play poker, and you know you, you know when you play Texas Hold'em, and you've got a hand, and you know based on the hand, a good player will know you know the per- what percentage the, you know the chance of them actually winning the hand, and that's sort of how I like to go into a competition, sort of yes. not knowing exactly. I love that analogy. Estimating the the chance or the probability of someone winning or getting an attempt based on previous history. I love I like that, that, Paul. Yeah. That's actually really good. Yeah, I, I try and that's how I sort of try and. And that would be cool if we could feed that into our um, into our competition system, that so that you could amazing. show percentages. Oh, Oof. that would be that sweet. would be good, huh? Yeah. Um, actually, just to take a step back a little bit, um, a, a really good question is why does someone get a coach, right? And um, I was listening to Thomas and um, Thomas and Cheryl's Peak Speak. Uh, one of their shout podcasts. out shout out to thomas and cheryl at peak speak so uh, very good friends of ours thomas at um ground zero and cheryl at burley strength um and cheryl was talking i love this analogy and i've used it with a few clients and it really like kind of makes the sense. locksmith this is the locksmith analogy right i'm going to tell you the locksmith analogy so one of the reasons why you get a coach and i'm going to try and explain this through an analogy so i'll talk to paulie like i'm talking to someone and paul answer me um all right so <laughs> paulie you've got a house yes absolutely okay so one day you go out, you come back, and you've noticed that you've locked your keys inside the house. What do you do? Do you try and get a screwdriver and open, sit there trying to open the door, or do you call a locksmith? I mean, I'll probably call a locksmith. Okay. Yep. That would be the smart move. I mean, I'd probably call Taryn first to see if she's got a spare key. Okay, but let's assume Taryn doesn't have a key. <laughs> you call a locksmith. I call the locksmith. All right. So Paulie calls a locksmith. Locksmith comes out. Um, 
and it's an apprentice. It's an apprentice locksmith, his first day on the job. All yeah. right. He opens the door. It takes him an hour to get into Paul's house. Paul pays him 150 bucks for opening his door. Right? Simple. Paul's in. Game over. Happy. Yep. Ten years pass on. It happens again. Paul locks himself out of the house. Call the locksmith. Paul, he calls the locksmith after uh, uh, 10 years have gone by, if that makes sense. And the guy that comes out happens to be the initial guy from 10 years ago. But obviously now so he has 10 years of experience. The just, same yep. locksmith, yep. now with 10 years of experience. He unlocks Paul's door, door in 60 to 70 seconds. And Paul still, still pays him 150 bucks. <laughs> Which is fine because right. I'm paying for his expertise. Now, this is a really good analogy for coaching. All right, When you hire an experienced coach, you're able to take advantage of the years and years of experience that coach has had with other lifters and use that experience to help shorten the amount of time it takes you to get to where you want to be that's a really really good concept in terms of a reason why you would use a coach yep all right i thought that was cool so shout out to Cheryl for the locksmith analogy i love I mean, that you're one per, you're you're basically investing in or for someone's experience um, to, to basically help you get where you want to be in a shorter period of time. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I loved Locksmith it. Locksmith and Elijah is quite good. I loved it. Yep. It's funny when I set, tell that to potential clients, you can see the light bulb. Bing! You can see that moment. <laughs> um, it's really cool. Um, anyway, going back to sort of the values and our philosophies, right? So number three we've got on the list is act responsibly and have the client's best interest at heart. Absolutely. Now, this, this is very, very important. You know, I think ensuring that like we said, you build the foundation right for people. If you get them moving correctly, and you, you technically, you know, obviously you're making pr- massive improvements, and then you know you like to say you know, sort of load, um, you know, sort of load onto good form or, and good function. Yeah, so Paul's talking really about compounding strength compounding onto the strength. function. Correct. Yeah. Um, look, being res- a responsible coach is important, and then on top of that, having the client's best interest at heart. So with any of our clients. They all know that anything that we ask them to do in training, we always have their best interests at heart. Yes. Um, we don't hold people back on purpose. No, that's um, right. You know, yeah. we always make sure that whatever we're doing, we're trying to achieve something that makes sure, again, we have their personal interests at heart. Yeah. You know? It's funny, like, when people um, first start, you know, sort of, they come on board initially some of the, the things that i get is you know like possibly it's too easy yeah, too easy too light and what you explain to them is that you're actually trying to work into their maximal recoverable volume and you, you can't just like kill someone in the first week no the idea is to slowly ramp them to a to a suitable volume where they're going to get gains or they're going to get improvements over the long term yep Hundred percent. Yeah, I get this as well. And uh, we're going to talk. A funny one, we're going to come yeah. to this when we talk about how we would deal with a new client and sort of what you could expect in sort of that first training block. Yeah. So we'll come to that. It's in funny a that after eight or so weeks, they're like, "Oh, okay. yeah." So normally when we get <laughs> to the second or third training block, they're like, "Yeah, oh, I understand." Um, that would also go back to that first. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fourth one on our list is be personable. So you obviously have to be someone that people um, can talk to. Paul, you struggle here sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> um, look, you obviously need to be someone that is able to communicate effectively um, because especially when you're talking about doing stuff online, the communication is very important because you know how you explain things um, will you know have a reflection on how your the client interprets them and then tries to apply them to their own training. Yep. So being personable is a really, really important part of I'm um, personable. being a co- I know, about? I'm only joking. I can communicate. <laughs> Money joking, mate. Um, but yeah, being personal is very, very important. Uh, the fifth one, um, and, and this is you know sort of one that really applies to the gym, is that teamwork makes dreams work. 
Um, you know, so end of the day, we are and we do promote a team-based environment where we're, you know it takes a community to raise a child, Daniel. Wow, Paul, I love that. I borrowed it off somewhere. I don't. Know. I've, I've heard, heard it before. Yeah, it's obviously pertinent. Make sure that you quote your source. I don't know the source, <laughs> but I did admit that I just borrowed it, so that's enough. And we've always said that powerlifting is a team sport played by individuals. Um, so what that means is there's always going to be people ar- around you that one need you and you need them. So working in a, an environment that facilitates good teamwork, um, support, guidance. Um, is a really important part of our, tr- our philosophy, not only with training but coaching as well. So, um, having the right team around you can make a big difference to your growth. Absolutely, can. Um, yep. You know, so that's really important. And the last one on our, on our list is keep changing the game and lead from the front. So that's really about sort of our growth and where we're heading as coaches and, and as a gym. Yep. Um, we do believe that we need to keep not reinventing the wheel, but improving the way we do things. Keep evolving. Keep learning. Keep. It, innovating in a way yeah i think i think at the beginning of this year we made a massive improvement like a twofold improvement to our the delivery of our coaching so i think that's one of the key things we did this year yeah massive yeah Yeah. um so there's sort of our six values and sort of how that it applies to our coaching as well um but but really the underlying thing that pins our philosophy as coaches is that we do believe in a long-term approach to development through building a very very solid technical base um, that to us is the most paramount part of the coaching experience Absolutely. when people work with us. So yep. um, that's really something that we want to drum into people because um, it really is at the core of what we believe. Um, now, how do we work with people, Paulie? So we do a combination of online and in-person one-on-one work. Um, I find this is that when I try and explain this to people, um, the best way to explain it is we do it this way because it's efficient and economical correct and that's really why we do it we're able to work with more people and the economy economy wise it's not too expensive yeah, it keeps it does it's keep affordable it. yeah yeah the online service that we offer paul and i don't really like using the um the term online coaching for our model um we call it a management service where we manage your training and, and you know based on all the other online models or online coaching that we've seen it does um it, it is quite thorough and in-depth yep um, it's not like you don't, you know, we give you a program and we'll see you later and we'll see you in six weeks or we know it's not like we only review one video every three weeks. Paul and I review oh, multiple videos multiple a week. Videos every week. We review your sessions. We make sure that you're on track. We have compliance rates. We make sure that you're complying. Um, so we have all this ability now with some of the new software that we're using, which has been a godsend really. Yeah, hey, Paul. it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so online versus in-person. So online, let's call that our management service. Um, and if you search for our athlete management service on um, on the website, you'll find it on there. I'll also include it as a link in the description on this podcast, so you can check that out. Awesome. The management service really is a holistic approach to your development. Includes all your programming, um, competition preparations, yeah, all your planning, session reviews, yeah. technical feedback on videos. It, it includes a whole plethora of add-ons as well. We also have a nutrition add-on. That's our, our sort of management model. Um, and then, and that, the management model is also good because it allows us to work with people um, that geographically can't get here Correct. to Richie's gym. Yeah. So Paul and I work with um, people around the world. So we've got clients overseas, over east, and in Perth. But I think even for people who prefer to do, say, for example, more sort of on the floor personal coaching, it's still important to have because you still need all the planning, you still need all the programming, the competition preparation. You still need all. You still need all That's that. That's right. The management service isn't really an optional component i agree because 
that is the part that provides the ongoing support and relationship. Well, it's the whole framework for your actual training. Correct. And, so. and part of that, for example, is the annual planning. So the, yeah. the importance of having an annual plan, and this is something that Paul and I do as part of the planning for your, our clients. Correct. Every client will have an annual plan. We can see what's coming up, what uh, uh, comps you're going to be entering, yep. the phase, how, how, how we get, get there, there yep. the phases of training, and we start with the least complex and then we drill down into the most complex. So the least complex would be the macro cycle, so Correct. the yearly Which cycle. One year, yep. And then we drill down into you know what phases of training, the mesocycles, microcycles, frequency of lifting, yep. um, those types of things. Training right? loads, training intensities, training difficulties. The annual plan is a very, very important part of the coaching process, which is included in our management service. Um, now, in-person one-on-ones, really, we mainly use for technical work. Yeah, it's 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 really a supplementation on the athlete management service. Yes, that's the way I look at it. So, if for example um, we're spinning our wheels with a particular cue or a particular lift, um, then then we get someone in the gym. Because then in the gym, look, video video analysis and qualitative feedback is great, but there's, there are limitations. Of course. When I'm watching someone lift in the gym, I can change my angle. I can ask them. Yep. I can quickly cue them up. I can ask them to do something different. I can add weight in the bar. I can take weight. I can regress them. I can progress them. It's a much Correct. quicker method. So the way I like to explain this is online is, you know, really you have that sort of one-to-one, sort of almost like a walkie-talkie where you have this one-to-one exactly. um, communicative, um, this feedback loop. So, for example, you know, it might be a once a week feedback loop. So, sometimes if I'm trying to get one of my lifters to do something in particular, it might take a few weeks for them to get it. Correct. Or longer. Whereas if I've got them on the floor, that, that, interactive approach to coaching it can happen straight away right it can i can get someone in five minutes literally doing the same thing that would might take weeks online yep. the other good part about um in person is you have the tactile exactly part you can of coaching ta- you can actually touch someone, you can put your put hands on into, someone correct. put them into position exactly. um remind them by you know touching certain you know might touch their hamstrings might touch their shoulder blades or for example physically get into a position so that tactile um Tactile feedback is very important with in person. Also, if I'm dealing with rehab, for example, um, you know, or some movement impairment stuff, online is it's quite, quite, quite complicated. They do need to come in for one-on-one work, yeah. and then that can obviously um, be phased out, and then it's it interesting become online. Though, like I, I find that um, it really depends on how someone learns and how someone like takes on board information. Some people are re- really good, like visual learners where they will, even if they watch a video, they can then replicate that in real life. Yeah. Some, some, some people you need, sort of need you to be there and, and to give you that, you know, that, the, the drills and the cues to help them, um, you know, sort of get into the right position. I or, agree. And I find, yeah. you know, once you sort of learn how, what someone's learning. Um, how they learn. Yeah, yeah how yeah, they yeah. learn, basically, then yeah. the, it makes it a lot easier to deal with them. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and they're all a bit yeah. different. And Paul yeah. and I sort of use a combination of approaches based on the individual. I mean, it has to be a combination, really. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of online versus in person. Obviously, online, um, the man- our management service is separate from one-on-one, but we do combine the two. And I have a lot of clients that do some one-on-one work because yeah. they want me to be there for, for their sessions, for example. That basically like a personal training scenario. We've already done their programming. Obviously, they're doing their lifting. I'm still there for the technical work, getting them moving correctly, make sure they're doing the right things, help them with attempt, uh, weight selection for their accessories. Um, and one of the things I like about the, um, the, service, the in-person one-on-ones is I get to spend time with... Uh, my clients and getting them to understand the intent of their accessories and variations yeah that's really important you know understanding the intent of an exercise is very important because it will help you understand how it relates to improving your main lift yep when you have some perspective 
on the exercise selection, then I think it helps just bring the whole thing together better. Yeah. One of the things that I do to help with this particular situation is I ask lifters if they're in doubt or if, if I'm in doubt to at least provide me a video and that way I can check the video and then obviously make some reinforcing cues for that particular accessory exercise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A lot of times I'll see my guys in the gym and I'll go up to them and i say, look, yep. I want you to do it this way. Yep. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people get caught up with the sometimes they think more weight is better rather than dropping the ego back, dropping the weight back and performing a strict yeah, a strict accessory. Correct. Taking, I, I for mean, example, a muscle through a full range of motion. Exactly. I mean, um, you know, a, a, a perfect example of this would be a lat pull down. You know, when it gets too heavy, people then tend to internally rotate humerus, shoulders come forward. You know, and they drop their chest. Yep. I would much prefer to see someone in external rotation of the humerus, good chest position, scapulas in, in a nice position, and then pulling down onto the top of the chest. Yeah, which might mean having to drop the weight, drop the 100%, ego. Hundred percent. Exactly right. Um, it's still a hard lift. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we sometimes we um, include certain exercises for reinforcement of position. Absolutely. So if they're cheating that movement by using too much weight, then normally what you'll find is they're not in the right position. So the whole intent of the exercise is thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Yep. So understanding the intent of exercise is very important. It's something that Paul and I like to make sure our lifters understand. And sometimes that can take some time um, because again, you don't see them all the time. Well, dep- also, depending on the phase of training. So, if you're in a sort of a general phase of training, when you're doing high rep work, you know, you're building that work capacity, you're building the foundation. I don't mind a bit of body language. You know what I mean? Body you know, language. A bit of cheating of reps yeah. in your body, but you know what I mean. I think once you come into comp, you know, and as the uh, exercise get a lot more specific, that's when you need to drill in the technique on those exercises. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you really need to hone in on the skill. Correct. Yep. All right. Exactly. Um, so that sort of explains the, how we work online or our management service versus um, sort of one-on-one or yeah. uh, coaching. Maybe we should talk about sort of what happens when someone first signs up. Yes, absolutely. So this is a really important part. Um, Paulie, why don't you start? Kick things off for sure. us. Sure. So what, some of the things we do when someone first signs up is obviously we need more information. Correct. We so don't know who they are. We, yeah, we need to know who and they, they are. And they don't really know who are, uh, we are Correct. unless we, they know us personally or know our reputation. You know, generally, we have some sort of interview or, you know, we just it's a meet and greet or we, we sit down with someone, we talk them through what we're going to be doing. We also, you know, share expectations. We get them set up on TrueCoach, make sure they can log in and all that type of thing. And then on TrueCoach, um, the first week there's includes a questionnaire. I think there's about 10 questions. You know, all, all sorts of questions, things like, you know, sort of um, what have they done in the past? You know, what their training experience is? Are they carrying any injuries, illnesses? Are they taking any medications that may affect their training? If they're working with a physio, do they have any contraindications or indications that we need to include in their training? Yep. Things like that. You know, sort of Absolutely. what are some of their best lifts so you can get an idea of sort of what their mac- potentials are in the lifts? Um, you know, some if goals. Not, if their goals, obviously, is sort of where they want to be. If they, have, if they are interested in competing, do they have a certain competition in mind? If they do, are they even registered for that competition? <laughs> That's um, a big one. You know, uh, do they have any holidays coming up? We need to know sort of holidays so we can plan around holidays. Yes. You know what I mean? If they're taking two weeks off, obviously we can't... Um, if they're taking two weeks off on a cruise, obviously we can't plan them a general prep phase because obviously the gym is going to be very limited. So we have to obviously work around those 
um, yep. issues as well. Also, where they're training, what equipment do they have available? Absolutely, because they don't all train at Ruchi, so we do have to know what yeah. equipment they have access to so that we can make sure that their programming doesn't include, for example, a belt squad if they don't have a belt squad available Correct. to them. So we, we need to know as much information as possible. Yeah, um, that's the yeah, survey, I think questionnaire. That, and that discourse is very important up front for obvious reasons. Um, everyone also fills out a, a pre-screening or a health check form, if you like, an APSS form, an ESA form, and uh, this basically ensures that the, you know they're they're fit and ready to actually participate in the training process. Now, if on that form um, there is an issue, so if basically if they answer yes to any of those questions, yep. that's when we have to refer out and seek some guidance as to what the issue is. Can can it be trained around? Should they even be training? Um, a so big that's one. a really important thing that the coaches should be doing as well. They should be making that initial assessment, and it, it's it's really a top level assessment. You know, is this person healthy enough to actually participate in a training program? If their answer is no, you need to somehow. You, obviously, there's a referral uh, that needs to happen to Allied Health. It could be a GP, a physiotherapist. You have to find out what the issue is. Is it still a problem, and can it be worked around? Yes, exactly. So that's really important as well. So that's the, we sort of have a questionnaire up front. Um, now, look, obviously, if we get an experienced lifter coming to us that we've been working with a while, we know very well. We don't necessarily have to go through the full assessment process. Of course. But we're talking about someone who's completely green here that we, we don't know. Correct. So there'll be a questionnaire regardless of who you are. Um, if you're a completely new lifter or um, client, you will go through an assessment week, which we like to call the technical evaluation. Yes. All right. So the technical evaluation really is an opportunity for us to have a look at things like your absolute strength level. Correct. Your we include some movement screens or movement tests in there as well. Yes, how you move. Yep. Um, it also is an opportunity for us to look at technically how well you perform the lifts. Also, one thing I like about our technical evalu evaluation week is we're not only evaluating how they lift and how much they lift, we're also evaluating their knowledge. Correct. And so one of the things we do is, um, so our TE week is a three-day program. Yep, for one, one week. Of the, one of the things we do is we ask the person to identify a number of accessory or supplementary exercises that contribute to the main lift. Yep. And, but we don't give them any hints here. So they, they select you know, a handful of these exercises, they video them, and then obviously we receive that information and then we talk thoroughly about the selection of that exercise. Is that actually a good exercise for them? Um, you know, maybe it may not be a a good exercise for them at the time. Maybe they're you know not quite ready for that exercise. Is it even a good exercise for that particular lift? Correct. You know what I mean? Which so is really one of the main components. We're really looking at their training knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Will give us an idea of their training age as well. Correct. So all those inputs at the end of the week sort of come in to us. Yep. And then based on all those inputs, then we would put together... Um, I first call it an attack plan. Ooh, an attack plan. That's I like I like that. to call it. You know, like sort of, you know, like when you go into battle, you need as Plan much intel. You need well. You also need intelligence. Intel. You need intel, right? And so that's what this the questionnaire plus the technical evaluation work is. It's intel, and once you have that intel, you can formulate a plan of attack. Correct. And normally, what Paul and I do for that first block of training, and normally six weeks, a six-week yeah, phase of training, six week phase, um, yep. a, a, a block very much focused on skill acquisition. Um, and sharing knowledge and getting that person moving correctly and also introducing them to, um, to training. Correct. Some of them might be reintroducing them to training load or introducing them to any sort of load at all. Yes. Um, and it's sort of a time in that six-week period where we get to know each other. I mean, that first 
mesocycle is also a learning phase uh, for, for both parties, for both for coach yeah. and lifter. Yeah, correct. Part of that, right. part of that for as a coach is learning how to communicate with the lifter. Saying that, as I'm always example. learning about my lifters. Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah, but that that first six weeks is, you know, that's where you get your foundation. You absolutely. Know, what what are the capabilities of that person? How much load, perhaps, may that can that person handle? Yes. Sort of, should they be doing three days or four days or five days yeah. or? How well do they respond to certain exercises? Yeah, you know? do they even like certain exercises? You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that in that first six-week period, we get to learn yeah. um, about the lifter. And then the lifter will also get a lot of information from us. So, yeah. we, you know, we do pride ourselves on having a coaching service that is quite supportive and that we do provide a lot of information. I mean, hopefully, people would also describe it as educational. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, what we do want to create is lifters who are not zombies, but yes. are knowledgeable and have the tools they need to um, to train autonomously in the gym. Correct. One of the things I've actually said, Dan, is um, my job as a coach is to help a lifter become independent of me, autonomous, not, not dependent. Hundred percent. You know. So you know, like I mean, good athletes. I mean, professional athletes have coaches, but they can they can train virtually autonomously. Um, they don't need you know to be handheld have their hand held baby by the coach babysat through every single um, minuscule um, you know thing or process exactly. that's going on with their training or whatever the exactly. case may be and I guess yeah. that really comes down to another philosophy of ours is that we are trying to create athletes that are autonomous that are able to yes. have a critical thought process yeah. um, and make decisions on the fly where necessary as yeah, well yeah that's right um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very important to be able to educate a lifter um exactly what you said to be able to make critical decisions on the fly without having to message the coach <laughs> yeah like you know for example if they're training and you know they're halfway through a set of lunges for example and their groin hurts they need to be able to make the decision do they continue with those lunges <laughs> exactly or do they cease exercise or cease that accessory exercise for the for the evening yeah you know yeah and i think that's the role of a good coach is to provide that education education yep yeah exactly paulie no that was good very very good so based off these those inputs that that first training block will be developed by paul or i um and then then the coaching process starts yeah. i think one of the, the other things that we do i think that is worth mentioning is that um at the end of every week we have all of our clients yes. fill in a stress and recovery survey correct this um, is good and this is i mean it's it's 10 questions um, it's it doesn't it's not laborious. It only takes about ten seconds to complete. If depend, you know, yeah. ten to 20, less than a minute. Let's say less than a minute. Yep. Um, there's ten questions, and you answer each question as an integer between one and five. Yep. And so there's, we, a, there's a scale. Yep. So um, we have a qualitative, we, we have, a quantitative a, measure, quantitative measure, and we cover uh, things like you know sleep. Is the person how much sleep is a person getting? Are they getting quality sleep? What is their mood like? What are their stress levels like? What are they? What is their nutrition quantity like? What about their nutrition quality? Yeah. Soreness, soreness, stress levels, Correct. mood. So there's ten measures that we look at, and and generally we use it as a as a way to red flag certain um, aspects, um, you know, of their training, um, or, or their general well-being that's going on. So for example, and we also cover hydration, for example. Yep. So for example, an easy one is if someone scores very low for hydration in a week. Yeah. Right. This is the easiest one. Then, then you know, remind them that they need it perhaps or ask them how much water are they drinking on average per day perhaps they are drinking enough water they just feel that it's not enough yeah you know true so you can obviously help someone um make the decision on how much hydration they should be getting yeah the other one is you know if someone's not getting enough sleep what i like to do is i like to share some information about how to get quality sleep 
you know. Um, and Taryn's helped me with that. We share a lot of information about how people can get quality sleep, you know. Yeah, we try and share information. A big one there is sometimes I'll have yeah. someone um, who says they're getting a lot of hours, like high duration That's of sleep, not quality sleep, but they find that their sleep's very broken. Then when I ask them about, for example, how much water they're drinking and what times they're drinking, you'll find that they drink a lot of their water after <laughs> 5 p.m. Yeah. So my advice then is basically try and drink as much water before as you can before 3 p.m. to minimize how many toilet breaks you're having during the night. Yeah. And sometimes it helps clear the problem up. That's well, just one example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, um, that stress and recovery score really gives us is an idea of their current state of wellness at the yeah. end of the week. And that allows us to make decisions going forward. It also allows us to make decisions such as, you know, have we thrown too much load at them? Are they way over their maximum recoverable volume? Yeah, like if someone if someone's scoring really, really um, high, so that's really low soreness, scores which means they're, they're very very sore yeah um, you know for multiple weeks in a row and 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 they perhaps their performance is suffering and they, their hunger levels are really low yes perhaps that's a really good pre-indicator that perhaps it's time for a, a, a bit of a, a reduction in low training load for example yeah um, yeah yeah you've just thrown too much load of them too yeah. quick yeah um, and so we use the wellness score as a, as a sort of an, a weekly measurement a tool to help it's us make decisions coaching yep. decisions yep. generally well you know there's a, again like it's a one to five type assessment very quick generally if someone scores less than a three we expect some sort of elaboration yeah correct <laughs> so like something less than a three is a very low score uh, perhaps someone scored a two on stress I, you know as a coach i really like to know what those external stresses may have been maybe it's from work or family issues yep. you know and, and you know then i want to know you know sort of how can we help you yeah, know what I mean, D- does the person need a week off to deal to to make sure that the things that are going on at home, for example, um, you know, improve? Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree things with like you. That. So yeah. normally, uh, two or less. If they don't mention something, I will ask questions. I, I'm with you to oh, try and help. Exactly right. Um, yeah. And that's normally how we use the stress and recovery questionnaire. Yeah. Um, look, obviously, we do a lot of competition preparation. Paul and I coach a lot of powerlifting, a, pa- a lot of powerlifters. So we're involved in the whole coaching process right up to that competitive, that you know, that specific preparatory phase oh, into the, the pre-competitive, yeah, into that yeah. sort of last four or five week pre-competitive slash peaking phase. Yep. Uh, and we have our own philosophies behind that as well. Um, and then on game day coaching is a big one for us. So Paul and I. You know, it's actually the part I enjoy the most. Yeah, yeah. game day <laughs> coaching is the best. So Paul yeah. and I have been now, this year will be the eighth national GPC Nationals in a row. So we've yep. been to GP, every GPC National since it was introduced here into Australia. Um, and we've coached uh, pretty decently sized teams um, and, and, and had you know, first-hand involvement in a lot of their performances um, every year, which has been awesome. Um, so yeah, that's been great. Look, um, moving on from that, Paulie, I guess... We're coming up to the sort of 42-minute mark now, so we're sort of a little bit over budget. No, it's okay. It doesn't really matter too yeah. much. Um, let's just go through roughly what our management packages are, if anyone's interested. If you are interested, I will put a link to the information on um, on uh, the podcast info, so you can go and have a look on our website. But we basically offer our management service in three levels, bronze, silver, and gold. Um, bronze is reserved mainly for elite lifters um, that we don't need to see or have a lot of or have as much contact with. So that normally is sort of they'll check in with us, so we'll review videos and do session reviews at the end of every tra- training block, which could be anywhere between t- two and six weeks. Yeah, generally what I do is it, depending on you sort of, I really like to keep my finger on the pulse as much as I can. Yeah, uh, and I'll review even more videos than that if I need to. Yeah, so especially in that sort of last six yeah, to eight weeks of competitive phase correct, of training, hundred percent. You know, I mean, look, mostly I'm on the floor anyway, and I'm watching the squats, and you know, and people send me their videos and stuff, which is fine. You know, some some of the boys and, and girls put them on Instagram. I always watch them because yeah. I like to make sure that at least I'm sort of like I said, I've got my finger on the pulse as yeah, much I as agree. I can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Um, um, and then on from that, we have silver and gold. Silver. The other thing as well, Dan, is what some, what people don't realize is in this gym, like, just because I'm not doing a one-on-one coaching session with you, like if I'm on the floor, I can see what you're doing. Yeah, I know. I know what's up. Yeah. You know, I, I picked... Um, I picked up on something um, in, in last week's reviews with a certain lifter and um, she's like, oh, I, you know, I didn't think you were watching me. And I'm like, I'm always watching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Especially if they're here in the gym. Of, of course. You know, um, yeah. I'm always looking at what's I'm going on. I'm always watching. <laughs> that collar's out of place. No. <laughs> no, no. The lifting, man. Yeah, the lifting. Of course. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the bronze then we have silver and gold. Silver is the most popular. So silver is we watch a minimum of two um, videos per week, uh, obviously at our discretion, um, and we review your sessions um, before Honestly, the end of man, your Honestly, man, generally I watch, you know, at least three. I'm watching three normally, yeah. one for each yeah. lift. Yeah. Um, and we do provide, um, you know, and, and the level of feedback will depend on, you know, obviously if I feel like I need to provide a lot of feedback, I will. Yep. Sometimes it's just you're doing a great job, squats look mint, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Look, one of the big things about um, about videos for me is that I get to assess the difficulty or the RPE. Yes. Cause, because I use RPE a lot in, in basically my program. We both do, yeah. Yeah, we, we both do. So it's, it's having the video is really important for that. I mean, we ask all of our clients to assess their own RPEs. Um, but someone who has you know, sort of doesn't have a large or highly experienced training um, background. training age or background, you know, RP is a way out. You know, um, opt- you get optimists, you get pessimists, realists. Um, so it's really important for me to see those those lifts. Yeah. So we always rate RPEs. Um, and we ask our clients to rate them. I also have a summary in the spreadsheet that I use, so I can compare as well, which is uh, kind of useful. Um, but yeah, so silver, we review um, minimum two videos a week, normally three, um, and your session reviews are done um, before the end of your roster training week. And gold is the highest level of service, um, similar type, of, very similar to silver, except your session reviews are done within 24 hours of you completing them and entering them into True Coach. Yes. So it's just a higher service level um, over silver, and that's yep. most. I would say 90% of our clients are on silver. Silver is the recommended package. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I'd much prefer to see someone or see someone's list and have that feedback um, cycle every week. Correct. It does make the coaching um, job a lot easier when I have a little bit more contact. Some that's exactly why we don't offer bronze to someone who's new because it's just too long, too long between um, yeah. videos. So I mean, to speak. also, I mean, I want to, I want to try and help someone to the best of my ability, and if I can't do that with watching a video once every four to six weeks then i'm i'm, I'm not going to recommend bronze no you you don't, you're just wasting everyone's time really yeah, you know you, right. if we can't help people in the capacity that we feel necessary to make sure that those um lifters are getting the support they need then we won't go there yeah. in fact i'll be up front straight up front I, I um i amicably dropped a, qu- a client a few weeks ago because the, this method just was not suitable for where this person was or needed to be um, but you know, hopefully we can work something else out. Um, yeah. You know where they get get some more time. Yeah. Um, like actually with a coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna like sit here and like drain someone's wallet. No. Because I can. I want to make sure that I'm. It's that's it's a suitable arrangement where I can actually help someone. And they're getting value. And they're getting the value. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly right. No, that's a very good point, Paulie. Yeah. That sort of brings us toward the end of the. I don't think we have much more to add on that, Paulie. What do you think? I mean, I would have loved to speak about some of the some of the details, um, but yeah, I think 
<laughs> I think this is it. Yeah, look, I think we can cover more details um, in another podcast. Yeah, We've gone get into for, the nitty gritty. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone's got any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover, get in touch. But I think we'll leave it at that. The next episode will be out um, Nats sort of team. La- later this week. And we're going to be talking about the GPC Nats team from WA and the team representing Rushi's gym. Um, but we'll leave it at that. Hope you guys have a great day. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and rate and share it with Thank your you friends and family. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Ciao. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Ruchi Strengthcast. Be sure to subscribe to join us on the journey and for more information, visit ruchisgym.com.